Hi, this is New Life North Metro's Home is Live podcast. We want to passionately welcome and thank you for joining us today. We're glad you are here. Listen and be blessed by the word. Let's pray, Father. I thank you, God, for your word today. We know that your spirit is here. We know that we've experienced a touch of heaven already today. But thank you for your word. We need your word. Not just presence, but we need the word. Because they always go together. The word and the spirit, they always go hand in hand. They always work together for our good. So we thank you that your spirit would take this word and and, and bring enlightenment, bring revelation, bring inspiration, whatever is needed for us today. Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, all of that. Whatever is needed, Lord, do it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. How many of you were here last, last Sunday? Give me a wave. Amen. Praise God. You know, last Sunday I talked about mountaintop encounters. You know, what happens when, you know, how God would use mountaintops to encounter people in the Bible and that God just wants to do that with us today. But after the message, and I love this, I love the fact that it happened, that after the message, I would get some questions like, what does a mountaintop experience feel like? What happens when we encounter God? I mean, how do I know if I actually encountered God or not? That, those are valid questions because as a preacher, you just don't want to come up here and just throw up random information without having the people or, or us who are sitting there know or understand, can I experience that for myself? What does that experience or encounter look like? You know, is it possible for me? How do I know if I'm hearing from God, encountering God, or is this my flesh, or is this, is you know, so... In hearing these questions, I realized that there is no cut and paste answer. There is no formula. Step one, step two, step three, step four. This is what happens when you encounter God. One, two, three, four. Because God is a personal God. You know, I'm taking a subject now in 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 school and uh, it's called apologetics, and many people think apologetics is is a debate. It's debating your faith, defending your faith. Uh, but one thing I've realized about it is that you know the, the we share the word, we share these truths that we know about God. Number one, to break barriers. What is a barrier? What separates you from another person? You're not there to shove. You're wrong. In the person's face, you're there to understand what is separating you and I from being in an agreement. And we're here to break barriers and to build bridges. But sometimes people use the word to break, to burn bridges. You know, have you, that, has that ever been done to you? That people put the, throw the Bible at your face and instead of you being closer to them, you feel like you're... Uh, no, the Word of God is never to burn bridges, but to build bridges. And one of the greatest things that we are told is this. You have to understand who you're speaking to. 
Because not all approaches will work for everybody, for everyone. You have to understand who you're speaking to. So, because the point is being able to relate. If you're not unable to relate to a person, then it's you. There's no way you can communicate what you need to communicate because relationship is a prerequisite for communication. Amen. And so remember that the next time you want to defend your faith, don't do it at the expense of destroying relationships. Are you there? Amen. Remember, you are there to build bridges and break barriers. It's not, you're not there for the opposite of making, bar- of making barriers and bur- burning bridges. We are not to isolate ourselves. We are to win Win people in a relationship. So when I, I, I believe when it comes to God, God is very relational. Amen. And He wants to have a relationship with all of us. That's why He sent His Son. Did you know that? Jesus came for so many things, but one of the reasons was to restore our relationship with God. Amen. Sin broke that relationship, but Jesus came to restore it. That's why some people would actually say, I don't have a religion, I have a relationship. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I don't have, what religion? I don't have a religion, I have a relationship. But for somebody who has no idea what you're talking about, they'll be like, ano daw? Kasimple lang ang tanong ko, religion. But you see, religion is, is people's way to get closer to God. But yet God did the total opposite. We were lost. He wasn't lost. We were lost and He found us. And through Jesus Christ, He has restored relationship with us. And it is from that place of relationship, God, through His Holy Spirit, is able to encounter us regularly. Amen? Because a broken relationship will hinder encounters. Yeah? Come on, let's be honest here. Let's be very practical with what I just said. A broken relationship will hinder encounters. If you're, have you ever been tampo with somebody? Mm, yung iba dyan. Have you ever been upset with somebody? Have you ever been offended with somebody? <gasps> never. I go to church. I'm Christian. I never get offended. That's bad. Come on, have you ever been offended with anybody? Come on, let's be honest. So, there is a specific, it has happened in our lives that there are specific persons or people that we have, you know, been offended with, hurt with, nagtatampo. So what's the obvious when you see them? When you see them walking down, is the obvious thing to run to them? Hug them? Oh, I'm so offended with you. It's good to see you in church because now I can pray judgment upon your life. No, no. What is the natural reaction when there is a broken relationship? You avoid. You avoid them. Why? So there's no encounter. So a broken relationship will hinder encounters. Correct? A restored relationship, you want to be with somebody. 
When your relationship is good with the person, you want to be with them. Oh, let's meet up. Let's, let's go out. You know, I miss you already. You know, you're constantly wanting to be with them. That you'll travel all the way to Bulacan just to be with them. Kahit hindi ka nagbabas, magbabas ka. Diba? You're gonna do things that, because you'd want to be with that person. Amen? You want, you do things to have an encounter. Come on. And God is that kind of God. He will, He will make ways for us to encounter us. Amen? So what is, what happens? How do I know? Well, I cannot give you one, two, three, four, five. This is it. Because it's different for everyone. So pastor, that didn't help. So okay, I want to help. So what I can do is, through a story in the Bible, show you what an encounter with God is like. What happened to that per- Okay, take note. What happened to that person? And maybe it can help us in us understanding if, we are, if maybe we are encountering God in a similar way. Is that okay? All right, good. So let's go to our Bibles. Yes, we are going to go to Scripture today because we are in church. And open it to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And we're going to, and just a little background of this story. As we have maybe heard this story before, it is the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Nako, hindi ako makarelate dyan. Automatically, you already shut off. Listen to the story. I'm not calling you like the woman, okay? But I'm saying, let's hear her story and let's see what maybe we can learn from this story. Amen? We, I believe we can all relate at one point or another with this story. Okay? So Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at a specific place, uh, in the well where she would be drawing out water. So let's go to the story so you know what I'm talking about, okay? Yes. Are you still there? Yes. Okay, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. So what's happening? The Pharisees were after Jesus. Okay? So Jesus left Judea. Where is Judea? Judea would be a lower southern part of Israel. I know many of you have been seeing a lot of Israel in the news or in Facebook or in Twitter or in Instagram. And it's really, it's really shocking what's going on right now. Actually, it's not shocking because this is not the first time this has happened. If you look at the 1940s, the things that we are seeing now has been happening to Israel ever since the 1940s. Okay, ch- okay, church? So it's not like, grabe, this is amazing. God's, Jesus is coming now. Okay, relax. Okay? Since the book of Thessalonians, they've been saying Jesus has come already. Alright? So we don't know when He's coming, but what can we do? is we can continue preaching the gospel, loving people, doing what God has called us to do, fulfilling our purpose, destiny, not just sitting and looking and scrolling the whole time. Amen? We just need to do what God has called us to do. Alright? So, Judea is where Jerusalem is. And 
So Jesus left there and he was on his way up going to where he's from. And Jesus is from Galilee. Alright? Clear? Where's Galilee? Galilee would be up north. So it's a walk. From the southern part, he's walking up. And usually the route that they would take would be along the River Jordan. They would go from the Jordan River because it's the fastest way, straight line, to get to Galilee. But it said Jesus needed to go to Samaria, which is in the, out of the way. So if you're going to go back home, you take the best route. Correct? The shortest route. If you're used to traveling, you have, even Waze understands. Anybody use Waze here? You know, Waze understands the route you usually take. So it usually would prefer that route every time you take it. You'd open it, where do I go? It's usually the same route. Because it's something that you're used to. But Jesus didn't stick to what he was used to. It said he needed to go. And I want to tell you today. That the Lord is not too busy in heaven to not encounter us. Especially when we need Him. Because we do need Him. Don't ever say, Lord, you know, I'm here today. Maybe you're just too busy for me. No. I will tell you today, He's not too busy for you. He is much greater than your mind can imagine. Actually, God is never busy. Do you understand, church? Amen? So here he is. He's going back. So, but, it says the next verse, but Jesus needed to go through Samaria. And I want to let you know today that we're going to see what Samaria may mean to us. What that place may mean to us personally. In our own level. But I want you to know Jesus, in essence, what he's saying is Jesus needed to go not just to a place, but to meet that person. And I want to know, want you to know today that God's desire when he looks at us, that he needs us to encounter him. Ulitin ko po, He needs us to encounter him. He needs to encounter may have an encounter with us because he knows that what he has we need are you still there so he came to a city of samaria which was called sikar or another word over that name was called shechem near the plot of ground that jacob gave his son joseph now jacob's well was there all right so what's again let's understand what is Jacob's well? What does it mean to me? Who are these Samaria? What is Samaria? What does it mean to me? Is there even any relevance to my life? And I believe it is relevant to our life. Amen? So who are the Samaritans? The Samaritans basically live in this land called Samaria. Now when, the, when, when the Abraham took over Israel, uh, sorry, when Moses... When Moses brought the children of Israel back, he divided the land of Israel into 12 tribes. Yes? So he divided it into 12 tribes. And this area of Samaria was actually made up of two tribes, which was Ephraim and Manasseh. This is the place where Ephraim 
and Manasseh had their place. Now, who is Ephraim and Manasseh? Are they sons of the, are they part of the twelve? No, they're actually the children of Joseph. The children of Joseph, alright? Get it? So these are not even part of the twelve. These were, these two actually were Joseph's sons. In essence, this is Joseph's area given to his two sons. He, I guess he had favor because he brought them out of Egypt. You know, Joseph helped them get out of, you know, uh, brought them out of poverty, you know, brought them into Egypt, sorry, out of the, the famine. So he gets, they get this too, all right? But what happens is in history, this was part of the northern kingdom that was first attacked or first taken over by the Assyrians. So basically, it was taken over. Only Jerusalem, the, the, the tribe of Judah remained. The Judea and Benjamin, Judah and, and the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, they were the only ones who remained at that time. And so a lot, when they came back from Babylonian captivity, a lot of these northern kingdoms, especially in the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh, they ended up marrying other nations. So they became a mixed breed. And that, that is not just the reason why the Jews did not like them. They, aside from them being mixed, they began to worship other gods. So that's very rare that you see that happen in Israel. That they are not Jews. They are not worshiping Yahweh. What happened was they began to mix between the worshiping of God of Israel and worshiping different gods. There was this mix in them, alright? So the Jews were not just upset because they were racially different, but they were also worshiping different. They were not living the ways the Jews lived. In other words, they were part of us, but they're totally not being a part of us. Do you understand? They have our blood, but they're behaving totally different. And finally, they would not worship in Jerusalem. They would worship in Mount, what's the term? I want to say it properly. Mount Gerizim, which is the mountain where Jacob's well was there. Okay, so why would they worship there? Because that well, that place of land, that place called Shechem, is the place where Jacob built an altar for God. Alright? When did he build that altar? After he wrestled with God. Jacob wrestled with God. And his name changed from Jacob to Israel. And then... He goes out and he sees his brother who has been, he's been hiding from his brother for so long, he thought his brother was going to kill him. But because of that encounter with God, everything changed between Jacob and Esau. Esau was so loving and he was showing so much favor. And so Jacob was so amazed that from this encounter with God, can I tell you that when you encounter God... You will be so amazed of how God can turn your situation around. He was so amazed that he built an altar to God and he called that place where the well was El Elohi Israel, which means the mighty one, 
the God of Israel. See, because of his encounter, what happened? His name changed and he had an, a revelation of who God was. Remember we shared that last time? We get to see ourselves and we get to see him clearly. Amen? And he saw how God moved in his life. So here's the backstory to that piece of land where Jesus shows up. And to the Samaritans, it's very important. They don't worship God in Mount Moriah where the Temple Mount is, where the first worship was, but they worship Him here. And to the Jews, that was totally against what they believed in. And here's Jesus meeting them in this mountain, the mountain where they worship. And Jesus, and let's go on, let's continue with the story. Now Jacob's well was there, therefore Jesus being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, which would be 12 o'clock, because the first hour to them would be six. Sixth hour, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And at this time, his disciples had already left. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Can I tell you, every time, I'm not sorry, again, I don't want to say every time, but seeing from this story, usually an encounter with God would always lead to an instruction. Come on. Do you hear me? And, and, and as we can see, usually the encounter God gave an instruction. And it's a very simple instruction. And sometimes it may not be the instruction that you are asking God for. Lord, I want my breakthrough. And God says, forgive your neighbor. The Lord, sabi ko, breakthrough. Financial po ang gusto ko. That's what I need. Yep. Forgive your neighbor. <laughs> That's not it. Yeah, I know what you're asking me. I know what you need. But here's my instruction. Go and buy lunch for that person who irritated you. What does that do with anything? Has to do with a lot. Jesus said, give me water. And, for, and this is what you need to understand. There is a deeper, it's not just, Pastor Mel's it's not just as simple as that. Because at that time, first, she was a woman, and Jesus was a man, and women and men out in public, that was no-no for the Jews. Number two, he was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. They're not even supposed to be relating to one another. Number three, he was a rabbi. And she was a, I don't want to say ordinary or regular, but she wasn't a rabbi. And to that aspect, there was again rules in place. So in essence, he was breaking the rules by speaking to her. And I want to let you know that every encounter with God, he doesn't care about rules. He will break rules just to get to you. Just to meet to you. He needed to go. And this woman was critical in why he went to Samaria. She, and I want to be clear, she wasn't the only reason why he came. Are you there? But she was very critical. She was very important. 
Amen? Are you still relating to me? Or you've already shut me off? Give me a drink. For disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. How many times have God, you know, God has told you something? And then you're like explaining why you can't do it? Come on. Have you ever done that? Have you ever got, go, go do this? But you know, Lord... I you understand my heart. You know naman what I want, Lord. You know I you know I can't do that. You know there's so come on. You know, sometimes okay, at least one honest person. Have you ever bargained with God? Tama na yan. Sige, Lord, last na to. Come on, have you ever done that? Last na last na to. After this no more na, I promise. I promise I will not do it again. Come on, anybody ever do that? Last na last na last. And we're so thankful that God hindi siya nagsasawa sa atin, no? Hindi da, when you say, Lord, last na to, He doesn't do that, right? Mm, last, can I show you? You said that here. Five years ago, you said that. And 25 years ago, you know, I can show you. Can show you. May ibidin siya ba? Diba? You know, he's, he, he knows when we said it, right? Come on, are you, are you there? So, it's actually very funny that we still bargain with God. But yet, we still do it. Because that's our nature. We love to bargain. Dormamu, I've come to bargain. You know, we love to bargain, right? Come on, let's be honest. Filipinos are known in the, out the world. Always, always bargaining. Of course, if you can get the best price, why not? Even if it's 0.5 centavos less, okay? At least I got 0.5. Come on, right? Let's get the best deal. If you can bargain, why not? So, even with God, we bargain. Alright. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What was Jesus doing now? He was in the process of revealing himself. And I believe in every encounter, God will meet us wherever we are, even in our bargaining, and he will still begin to reveal himself. Because the whole, take note of this, the whole point of the encounter is that God can reveal himself to us because when we see God for who he is we realize the areas that we need that we lack only he can fill it do you understand that's why God is wanting to reveal himself to us through encounters to let you know that my child I know what you need and I'm showing you who I am and let and just reminding you na every time kailangan mo nandito ako anak don't try to get your answer somewhere else because you may get a temporary fix, but that's not the solution. See, another characteristic of Filipinos, which I'm guilty of, is if we can, not only do we like to bargain, but we like to get yung discarte, yung, yung okay, not replace the original, but if you can fix it and make it work again, 
Okay na yan. Pwede na yan. And we are so used to that pwede na mentality that even in fixing our lives, that we know we can't, we do things na pwede na that God is saying, I don't want you to live in the pwede na. I want you to have the authentic. I want you to have the real. I want you to have me. So Jesus was beginning to introduce himself to her. If you only know. and But guess what? He didn't just say, you don't know. No. You see, as he was introducing himself, he was ready to show himself to her. And I want to tell you today that God is ready to show himself to you. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do I get that living water? Are you greater than our fathers Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and livestock? Not only do we like to bargain with God, but we like to compare too. Lord, why them? How come that's happening to them? I go to church naman. I serve naman. I give naman. Why, Lord? Why did I do something wrong? What is it? Why does it make them better than us? And the danger of comparison is this. What God has for you is perfectly sufficient for you. So don't look at somebody else's journey. Don't look at what's happening in somebody else's life. Yeah, we can be inspired by the testimonies of others. But God is a personal God. He's a relational God. And He wants to meet you where you are. And He wants to touch you where you are. And if we're so busy looking at other people's blessings, you're going to miss yours. If you're so busy looking at other people's encounter, you might miss yours. And God is wanting you not to miss it. Are you there? He doesn't want you to miss it. He wants you to encounter with us. Amen? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become like a fountain of water springing forth. Now what is he doing? Not only is he beginning to reveal himself, but he's now revealing to the person that when I get in touch with you, when we have this encounter, your life is never going to be the same. Because it's not just, he said, whoever drinks of this, he's not talking about him. He's talking about the person who's going to encounter him. Out of their bellies will flow rivers. They will never thirst again. See, God wants us to understand that encounters with Him bring so much benefits, not for Him, but for us. That's why He desires this. He desires that we have this. Are you there? Then she said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw again. Then Jesus said, Go and call your husband and come here. Now many times, this is what happens in encounters. 
we realize our shortcomings, we realize our failures, we realize the barriers in our lives that hinder us from getting closer to Him. Just at the point that we want to encounter Him, all of a sudden, a thought like, oh, wow, I'm not good enough. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, He pointed out my sin. But I want you to understand this. When God shows you something that maybe we need to change or get rid of, it's never to condemn us. Because God has not given us, you know, you know that, that condemnation. There's now, therefore, now no condemnation. But it's to encourage us. It's to correct us. It's to get things right. To let you know, hey, my child, I know what's going on with your life. And you know what the wonderful thing about this was? That they were alone. He didn't make her pahiya in front of the disciples. So when God deals with you, please don't think, the Lord, I'm so afraid because you might expose my sin to everyone. That's not His desire. His desire is to deal with you first in a personal, one-on-one level. And that's how He will always deal with us. He will always deal with us first. He's not here to put us to shame. Don't be afraid of encounters. Don't let condemnation hinder you. He knew what was wrong with the woman. But still, He wanted to meet with her. Amen. Still, He wanted to meet with her. Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said, you said, well, you have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you are with is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, I like that. In that you spoke truly. When God deals with what's wrong with us, let's not deny it. Let's say, you know what? Yes, Lord. I've been struggling with this. Yes, Lord. I've been... Because He wants to get that out of your life. He wants to set you free. Encounters with God will set us free. Amen? Amen? Then she said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. For our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place that when we ought to worship. And Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming and neither will you worship on that mountain nor you will worship in Jerusalem. You will worship what you worship, what you do not know, and we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. What I'm seeing here, there's so many things going on right now. But what I'm seeing here is that Jesus is saying encounters happen in places of worship. She encountered Jesus on this mountain where they worshipped. The Jews encountered God in Jerusalem, in the temple. But the hour is coming that our encounters will not be limited to just one place. But it is in a place of worship. Amen? Encounters will always happen in a place of worship. 
whether it be you at home or here, coming together as we worship God. We will encounter God as we live our life as a living sacrifice. Our life is our worship. Amen. But you see, there's in the place of worship that encounters God. That's where God encounters because us. Because in the place of worship is the place of surrender. It is the place where we let go of being us and allow God to be Him. And that is what He desires. Even in your everyday life, it is the time that you let go of trying to be in control of everything and you allow God to be Him. And you will see those encounters happen to you. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. When He comes, I will tell, He will tell us all things. And He said to her, I am who you speak of. It's me. I'm the Messiah. He revealed Himself to her. Amen? And in that encounter, the woman left. And I'm going to end with this. She left. She ran to her town and she told them everything. See, that's what happens when we truly encounter God. We just can't help but tell people. And then you know what she did? She brought the town. She brought the whole town to Him. To this place of worship, to this well, where the altar was built. She brought everyone. That's, and I believe that's what God is going to do in this day and age. It's when the church have true encounters with God. Whether it be, and I believe it's in times like these. That they will go where they home, go to places that they are. And they will bring people to the place where they encountered God. Not because of the place, but so that they might encounter Him. Amen? You know how churches are going to be filled? When we encounter Him and we have this evidence in our life of that encounter. And we bring people and say, come, let's go to church. Let's go and where I encountered God and I want you to encounter God. And God is faithful. Because it says in the end of all of this, he, the, the people said, we believe in Him not just because of the words that you spoke, but because we've experienced Him for ourselves. That is true revival. Not only do we experience or encounter God, but that people will begin to encounter Him by, not just one by one, but just, I believe that God is doing that in this time, in this age. Amen? But it, it's not just from good preaching. It's not from nice music. It's not comfortable chairs. It's not through gimmicks. It's not through programs. Come on. It's not through what's uso and what's not uso. Come on, if you're, if you're leading ministries, if you're watching here, you're leading church, it's not about what, what's everybody else doing, what's the new trend of churches now. Do we have to go on TikTok or Instagram or all this? You know, if God tells you to do it, then go ahead and do it. But it's about people genuinely encountering a living God that He reveals Himself 
to them and they now see themselves through His eyes and then they begin to change. Amen? I tell you here, that will always be our number one priority. Yes, the Word will be preached. Yes, we will worship. Yes, we will have fellowship. We will do things. Oh, we have so many things lined up for you guys. But at the end of the day, did you have an encounter with God today? And that's the most important. Because that's something we cannot give. Only He can give. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank You, Lord, that You are a faithful, loving, true God. And You desired, like Jesus needed to go to Samaria. You're not too busy for us. You're not too far away. You desire to encounter us. Thank you, God, that in this place of worship, in, this, in the church, not only us, but there's so many different places. We're not exclusive here. It is where places where people desire to have encounters with you, Lord God. Everywhere, in this city, in this mall, in this nation, around the world, everywhere where people, the church comes together and desires these encounters that you will show up. Because you are desiring to encounter us, Lord God. Thank you, God, that when you do, truly we will see you for who you are and we will see ourselves in your eyes. And we will have a sure encounter that will bring change, deliverance, salvation, healing, provision, whatever is needed you will provide. Not a quick fix, but only the true original that comes from you. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. We hope you enjoyed and learned from today's message. Share it with your friends and family. Connect with us through Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Welcome home.